Welcome to the 55th episode of the Turf Talk Young Turfs podcast, powered by Viner Forgates. This is your host, Mason the Intern Viner. And your sometimes co-host, Wayne Viner. And on today's episode, we have a short Terrapin rundown. Then it's all about the Terps Minnesota game that will be this Saturday, 12 o'clock at Maryland Stadium. And that's on BTN, as was last week. Mason, what do you have? Well, we got a two-item rundown today. First off, the Terps' triumphant win over Princeton in field hockey last night, 5-4. to four. Maryland was trailing by three goals in this one, completes the comeback. I think Maryland was ranked fifth, and Princeton was ranked fourth. Just another huge win. I'm sure it makes Todd Carton very happy, along with many other Terrapin field hockey fans. Yeah, it actually got Scott Van Pelt's moment of the night last night on SportsCenter at night. Just a great win for a team that's just been so good this season. And they're almost always so good. So Maryland field hockey stays on top of the world. What's your second turf note? It will be the passing of Jack Zane, person that many turf fans knew. He had a long tenure, 40 years at Maryland till 2011. He sold tickets. He was the SID. He was kind of the everything man for the Terps athletic department. He was the everything man for me when Maryland built the upper deck for what then was Bird Stadium. The seats that we have and that we still have to this day, we're supposed to take a very large contribution to get. They're right on the 50-yard line. And I went in and spoke to him. Now this was, was it 1994-ish? Just started out in business. And I, I had a meeting with him and said, I promise I will pay for these seats and I will keep these seats my whole life if there's some way you can give these to me because I can't make the donation right now. And as you know, over time, we certainly have made that donation and more. And that was my first real interaction as a fan with Jack. And he had been there a long time. He had football tickets for 47 years. So every time I see him, I thank him for giving me the opportunity to get those seats, which have stayed with us. And that's our place at Maryland Stadium. And one of the reasons we don't sit in the press box for the whole game is because we still have those seats. Jack Zane was a great Terp. He's one of the first big Terps that I got to meet and work with. And he still came to all the games he could get to. The last time I saw him on campus might have been two years ago. He was in failing health. But he's one of the great Terps of all time to me. Yeah, he's also recognized nationally by a lot of the SID associations. He's a Maryland State Athletic Hall of Fame member. Of course, a University of Maryland Hall of Fame member. Just one of the great Terps, and it's sad to see him go. Yes, it is, Mason. But as he would probably say, there's a football game to be played. Now, before we get to the football game, i got one non-Maryland thing to throw in there and get your reaction to. Many people who follow Under Armour know that one of the big Under Armour poster guys is Bryce Harper. He's got seven games left as a national. Just in our non-Terp moment here, do you think the last seven games you're going to see him in this area? Yeah, I think he's off to the Yankees. The learners, the owners of the Nationals have shown some interest in signing him, and then it's like a week-to-week thing. Sometimes they want to spend money, sometimes they don't want to spend money. It's really hard to get a read off of them. It is, but I think he's gone, and you know, Manny Machado left, and it's a couple of possible Hall of Fame young baseball players moving out of the area over money. Uh, and I'll lead into our game day here by 
I know you got some notes there, but on Friday, which is in a couple days, that report's supposed to come out. Uh, the name of the group, the Walter Inc. Report on the Passing of Jordan McNair. Have you learned anything that you can share over the airways here? No, I really feel like they've done, in my opinion, expert job of really keeping everything under wraps, really, you know, letting the board of regents and the board that they appointed go through everything without letting the media really get a hold of it or letting, you know, the public really steer them in one way or another. They've done a good job, and I feel like that's something that not a lot of people have recognized is they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to go through these investigations. They're going to look at everything in the light that they feel is best for the university. And then, and I actually now think they've kind of changed my opinion. They're going to make a wise decision based on that. Well, this is the Walter and uh, Inc. report that is on the death of Jordan McNair. It's a really good story by Mark Maskey and probably pre predominantly written by Roman Stubbs, who covered Maryland for a long time in the Washington Post. It leaves the background for what's going to come out on Friday, you asked me a question that's worth repeating. Remember that question? No, no. You said, do you think... Oh, that DJ Durkin could be walking the sidelines Saturday at Maryland Stadium. This is one of the weirdest situations. I've been following sports for about 50 years up close. I haven't seen a situation like this ever. And since it's the University of Maryland, and I'll go with anything's possible, sure it's possible that they clear him, I'm not sure what happens next if they clear D.J. Durkin. If they find fault with him, it's actually an easier path to say that that's it, he's done. He's been on suspension, I don't remember the official word, for about six weeks now. Administrative leave. That's a good word for it, for about six weeks now, and he could have his name cleared on Friday, and Lord knows what's going to happen next. But I'll say again, there's a game to play, so... Yes, there is, and before we get into that game, this podcast is brought to you by Watercrafters. Watercrafters in Gaithersburg, Maryland, has been providing swimming pool services and supplies to the Montgomery County area for the past 35 years. Watercrafters' highly skilled service staff can open and close your pool, as well as provide new equipment installations and weekly service. The retail showroom in the Gaithersburg Air Park has everything for your swimming pool, including parts, chemicals, and fun accessories, visit the Watercrafters Retail Showroom in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at www.watercrafters.com. You know, I've known that company since about 1995. I know I've known Allied, which is another sponsor for that long. They do a great job. If you go to a swimming pool and you need some service, give them a call. They are fantastic. So, football. Yeah, let's talk about football. Terps, Minnesota... And really quick before we get into it, it might have been Maryland's, I know we're going to say it's going to be Texas, best win from last season, given the circumstances that Bordy was in there after that disastrous Week 3 performance last season. Yeah, Maryland beats Minnesota. They got the long field goal at Minnesota from, was it Henry Darnstadter had a 51-yarder, longest of his career. Maryland ends the game in the last minute or so with a fantastic Ty Johnson run. Borton Schlager was good. Um, that was one of the only touchdowns uh, D.J. Turner had for the season. Maryland took that 31-24. 
and now the University of Minnesota comes back and returns the favor. It seems like we play them every year. Yes, it does. They will enter the game on Saturday at 3-0. Wins over New Mexico State, Fresno State, and Miami of Ohio. The quarterback, a preferred walk-on, Zach Engstead. He's been that game manager role that Minnesota loves to get out of the quarterback. Yeah, I thought P.J. Flack would probably go to a little more open look, but really he's been, maybe it's circumstances, maybe it's something else, but he has maintained a game manager look from the quarterback role. Yeah, and they lost the star that really allowed them to do that, Rod Smith, the running back. He was part of that dynamic duo they had last season. Now, taking over that solo role, he is now out for the year again. It starts to rely on guys like the receiver that lit up the Terps last year, Tyler Johnson, last week, three touchdowns from him. He has 283 yards for the season, five touchdowns. That quarterback you referred to is Zach Anikstad. He has 537 yards through the air, four touchdowns. Seth Green stepped into the tailback role. He's got four rushing touchdowns. He threw a touchdown. He threw a two-point conversion pass. So they've got a couple of those spare part type guys that are playing a big role. They're 3-0. and The last time they came to Maryland was Piggy's first start, and they sort of romped over Maryland 31-10. to That's back in 2016. You know, the, the Golden Gophers, and you wouldn't think that, but they have the one of the best non-conference records going right now in college football. Utah's won believe it's 22 straight out-of-conference games at home. Minnesota won 14 straight non-conference games, including bowl games. So, P.J. Fleck, they've won 10 straight regular season non-conference games over there. Not so good in the Big Ten. No, they haven't had that, I believe P.J. Fleck would say that, rowing the boatness going into the Big Ten. What does rowing the boat mean to you? To me, it means... Someone with an oar rowing a boat. But to them, they have a whole phrase and a whole... Um, they have a culture behind it. Yeah, they I love. guess it is a culture. They also have... Um, what's it called? The thing that you would use to like remember a name. Uh, do they have a catchphrase. They have uh, it's an not abbreviation. The... Uh, it, I feel like I'm playing like $100,000. I know. I know. So, yeah. What anyhow. A, yeah, anyhow. And what's it called? I mean, what is it? I mean, I don't know. That's why I asked you. <laughs> okay. It's like the, the R stands for something, that kind right. of thing. And every letter has its own meaning. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. I mean, now it's even on the football helmet. It has I don't an like oar that. down I, the middle. I don't like that. How do you get a team that's named... I'm sure people have asked this question about our team, too. That's named after a gopher that has something that you would use to row a boat on the middle of their helmet. Look, I, I don't like it. it I, I'm not sure I do either. They have an interesting roster, because I know you like the word interesting. They have 113 players between scholarship and walk-on. 85 on scholarship, the rest walk-ons. 59 of those players, 52.2%, are either true freshmen or redshirt freshmen. That's a lot of kids who haven't really played. P.J. Fleck is turning that roster over. Maryland's favored. Even after the poor performance last week, Maryland favored as we go on air here by three points. Look, uh, we've been over this Maryland game, sort of beating it up a bit. You think bounce back is the word? No, I, I actually think, and I looked over some plays from the game on Saturday, 
read some notes about it from various sources. Temple played a really good football game. Their coaches called a really good football game. Matt Canada got almost, in a way, had a script lined up for the beginning of the game. Had some plays that worked, but they just weren't executed properly. And it threw everybody off for the rest of the football game. How can you say it worked if they didn't execute the play? It was the okay, right call? It, it was the right call. I'll give it that. It was the right call. Moving forward, though, you can't let one drive throw you off that much. Obviously, Kasim could have thrown that touchdown pass on the first drive to Jay Sean Jones. He decides to throw it to Tavon Jacobs, who could have caught the ball. Uh, the missed play in the middle of the field that Bruce loves to reference where Kasim just threw the ball behind one of the Terps receivers. we got to find someone that you can just, like a DJ Moore, you throw the ball at him and he makes the play. Well, you got to throw the ball close enough to the guy to make the play. I said this on the radio on Monday on CBS, and it seems like we've been talking about this nonstop. We did the pregame on Saturday. We did a postgame, which wasn't too happy. We were back. You were on Sunday. We were both on Monday. Now it's Wednesday, and we're still stuck on the same thing. The Terps defensively played okay. They gave up a touchdown on a trick play. They gave up a touchdown on a pass interception. The defense was probably good enough to win. It's the offense. So if you have two quarterbacks, the old adage goes you don't have any. Does Maryland have a quarterback issue here, or was it just one poor outing? Well, it's really hard to say, and I think time will tell. Um, But you're going to see a quarterback problem because Minnesota has a guy by the name of Antoine Whitfield Jr., who plays safety for the Golden Gophers, that if Kasim decides to um, hit someone in the hands... I don't think he's going to drop it. Well, a lot of these guys who are playing well for Minnesota are from Minnesota. Antoine Winfield Jr., whose father played in the NFL, uh, lists his hometown as the Woodlands, Texas, but he grew up playing football in Minnesota. He's got 16 tackles, a pick, a fumble recovery, punt return for a touchdown, and he's averaging 36.67 yards per punt return. Those are Will Likely numbers. Yeah, he's a really talented guy. He's a guy that um, a young team really needs. Uh, Maryland had it, as you said, with Will Likely. This Minnesota team kind of reminds me of that first DJ Durkin team that we had where Perry was the quarterback. Couldn't really do much in the passing game. Had a ton of freshmen. But the seniors were able to kind of carry the team to that six and, well, it ended up being six and seven, but to that bowl game. It was nice to be talking about a bowl game, two and one into the season. My big Terps, I mean, Darnell Savage played a heck of a game yesterday. Well, yesterday, on Saturday. Um, he had close to those Winfield numbers. He seems to be the key to the defense along with Brooks. Antoine Brooks wasn't as impactful. But if you have a young quarterback and a lot of do-everything type players on Minnesota, I'm looking for Savage. I'm looking for Brooks. Trey Watson's been very good at linebacker. And as we move closer to the defensive line, do you have any reading on the impact of an Annie Bonham and the former number one uh, prospect, yeah. prospect, Byron Cowart, and what their impact has been for the Maryland defensive line? I think Cowart's done some good things. Annie Bodum, finally, I felt like on Saturday, got back to being able to pressure the quarterback, being able to be an impact guy. And here's a question that I have for you. 
as more of you know a guy who's been around the game of football for a lot longer than me. Maryland has not played a team that's just going to want to slam the ball down your throat yet this season. And Minnesota's going to – that's that's their goal when they step on the football field is to run the football. How do you think that's going to affect this kind of new defensive line? Well, you're right. Minnesota's happy averaging 150, 170 yards in the air. They're not looking to beat you through the air. They use that selectively. Boy, Temple took it to the Maryland defensive line several times in that game. As I said, Maryland only gave up 21 points, but there were several times they got to third down and couldn't get the ball back. Or that a three and a half yards a carry, you do that three times, it's a first down. I think that they need to be more committed to standing their ground in the middle. I think that if you're going to get pushed around a bit, and I hope they're not, it's going to be back to what we saw in years before. You make a tackle, and, and the first contact makes the tackle. Problem is, it's three to four yards downfield. We need these guys to stand up a bit and play some tough trench defense. It's not about getting quarterback pressures this week. It's about stopping the run. So, now given that, if Maryland starts to get beat by the run, and let's say you're the defensive coordinator or Matt Barnes or Chuck Heater, whoever is calling these plays. I believe it is Barnes on every play but third down. And you're just getting gashed by the run. When does that decision come to say, all right, we're going to switch. Let's put five guys on the defensive line, push our linebackers up and say, if you want to beat us, it's going to have to be through the air. We're not, we're not giving up any more yards on the ground. I like the way that the safeties attack. I don't mind having Brooks or Savage play the third linebacker spot. If you commit them up there, they are hard to block. The, when they try and release a guard or a tackle, usually Savage or Brooks beats the offensive lineman to the spot. You see a lot of blow-up-in-the-hole type runs. So I don't think it's a personnel decision as much as it is as committing the fifth defensive back up to being a linebacker. Sure, if you want to put an extra lineman out there, I can see doing that. But the defense is built to be flexible, playing a base 4-2-5. That's four defensive linemen, using Andy Bonham as a defensive lineman. Some people could call him a linebacker. Two inside linebackers, which is Trey Watson and Isaiah Davis, and then five defensive backs. Three of those D-backs usually are safeties. So you can commit a safety up to that run early and leave them there. That's what Temple did to Maryland. They brought the safeties up and created a, a outnumbered Maryland on the front Explain what Temple did, and you think if Maryland can do that to Minnesota. Well, when you look at what Temple did, I feel like they really quickly identified that Kasim was possibly having some hand injury issues or just wasn't right, and they decided to um, say that we're going to put nine, eight, we're going to match you up man-to-man with your receivers, and everyone else is going to be in the box, and if you can't throw the football, then you're going to lose because you're not running the ball on us. I like that theory. I feel like against a team like a Maryland, a Minnesota, possibly even like an Iowa or Wisconsin that just, they depend on the run, make them beat you with the arm. And then if they can't, you have to adjust from there. But if you have a day like Kasim Hill did, you're going to win that football game by doing that. Okay. And Maryland has three decent corners that they rotate through the game. You see number two, Rayvon Davis. You see number seven, which is Tino Ellis. And is it number eight? who is uh, Lewis, who transferred in 
from Florida State. And then every once in a while, they flash in Ray Lewis's son, Rayshard Lewis, who wears number 13. So if you see those guys matched up, man-to-man -man coverage, you'll know that Maryland's pressing the run. I think it's time for us to do that. Um, maybe you throw someone in there like a Gaddy, someone that's bigger and really can own that middle. I would love to see that. I would love to see some of these, um, the Gaddy brothers and just some of our larger defensive linemen. Let's put it that way. Well, I'll call them big uglies. We need some big uglies out there. Some guys that look like they like bashing heads and playing defense in the middle. And Maryland does have them. Let's see if they can get it on the field. This season's not over. There's a lot of, uh, twittering and texting oh my god it's over he lost to temple it's not over you can beat minnesota you can get six wins out of this season some people say you could still get seven i'll just take six i don't want to be greedy just want to win our share of games yeah let's go quickly back to the golden gophers three games none of them against power fives even though fresno state sometimes is close they do play high level football they've only given up 27 points a new quarterback, first game against a Power 5 team and a Big 10 opponent. How do you think that's going to affect them? Maryland, of course, playing that game against Texas. Minnesota coming in with no Power 5 football experience. I think you're going to have a little bit of nerves on the road. Temple, uh, I think, might look to be an outlier game later in the season. For Minnesota, they haven't played on the road. They haven't played a Big 10 game. Now, is this going to be the, a raucous crowd? No, Maryland seems to have trouble putting people in the seats. So it's not a scary environment, but it's always different when you play on the road. There's a reason why road wins count so much emotionally. It's just one game, but it's hard to win on the road. I think Maryland's going to stand up and take control of their season again. Minnesota should give them a good game, but maybe this week the intangibles go Maryland's way. I think last week a lot of the intangibles went Maryland's way. Maryland had a return of an interception for a touchdown by Savage. Had the block punt by Anna Bonham. Team didn't give up. It was a bad day offensively, but this team had a lot of fight in it. It's always tough to win on the road. You can write that one down and put it on the wall. It'll stay there your whole life. Yeah, and let's talk about the guys that were in the tents this week in College Park, our injury report. And, of course, Allied Party Rentals. Your hometown Terrapin Party Rental resource, Allied Party Rentals, has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories you're looking for. Wayne, you've known Donnie at Allied since 1995. They're located in Beltsville, Maryland, serving the DMV. Contact Allied today for a no-obligation quote at 301 nine eight six zero zero six seven or visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com let's talk about those injuries i want to talk about the tents and mason's actually right when you talk about the tents that you see the kids under in practice and the cooling tents you know donnie found those for maryland that's why we call them the hometown choice if you have a rental they also have things like dance floors if you need them if you want to run an outdoor chandelier if you need to rent uh, uh, equipment to have a party. You need a DJ setup. You can get that all from Donnie at Allied. So there were some guys that weren't listed on any injury report that you go to the game and go, hey, we're missing some guys. And it's Derwin Gray at left tackle. It's Damian Prince at right tackle. It's still uh, Davis from DeMatha at guard. It was Bryce Brand, who's the Russian behind Annabonum, didn't dress. 
And then in the during the game, Adam McClain looked like he, he was mortally wounded. He, he was not. It looked like he blew his knee out. It looks like it was just a, a turned ankle. And it was great to see him finally getting out there on the field and being a starter. All, all of those guys, we don't have 60 guys who can play. We yeah, need those yeah. guys in the game. Um, other guys, Lorenzo Harrison pulled hamstring. Jake Funk's still out with that broken hand. But, yeah, we actually got a chance to visit Allied really quick. They have all that stuff out on display if you want to look at it. Also, they do the Terps or Maryland's graduation. They do every event at the University of Maryland. Okay. And, of course, you can always go down to their office and see all of it. But they got one thing. If you're a Terp fan and you go over there, there's one thing you got to ask for. Chris Bray, who's the general manager, if anybody went to Maryland back in the 80s and remembers the full size, like full size of a door, poster of Len Bias, they have that poster signed by Len Bias. It's in Chris's office. Stop by and take a look at that. And, and while you're there, set up your next party. Yeah, let's let's talk predictions for this game. Because, uh, as you already said, a lot of people have just written Maryland off. It's It's over. It's finished. There's no way they're going to recover from that game. They had a good two games. That's what I keep on hearing. They had a really good two games. But you've been around these guys. I've been around these guys. I don't see that quit in them that would say that they're going 2-10 and 10 or 4-8 and eight or whatever you want to say. I saw a lot of energy in that game. They didn't give up. I thought that Maryland was going to score at the end and it would be 28-21 and they'd have a chance at the very end to win the game. Fortunately, that pass was picked off by a linebacker that Kasim did not see and was returned the distance. You had, not to get too personal here, you had a tough day today. You had a trip to see your relative in the hospital. You had some other things going on, and you said you were thrown off by that. Can you imagine how you would be as a, as a student in college, very close to your age, if you were caught up in the turmoil of what happened uh, with McNair? And with the coaching change and all of that, how that can you see how that can throw you off? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, they all they keep saying it. They have each other, and that's how it works. You know, anybody that's been through something like this knows your family or the people that you're close with. Kind of, they kind of, I don't want to say drag you through it. They kind of pull you through moments like this. They got to look at each other and say, you know, we're we're a team here. We're all in this together. We're going to keep fighting, we're going to keep playing, because that's what we love to do. That's why we came here. That's why that's why this group of men has been assembled, is to play football and be a team and really support each other. Yeah, they are men in size, but they're 17 to 21, 18 to 21. They're not fully mature. This is hard on fully mature people, never mind on 17, 18-year-olds. I can see walking out there for the first time without Jordan McNair. They went out and kneeled on that big circle of the 79 in the horseshoe end zone and just and just not having it for a moment, just not really being together. This is the second game at home. I don't think you're going to have that problem. I, I expect they'll come back to the way that they were playing before, which wasn't perfect. They didn't go out and blow out Bowling Green from the kickoff. It took them a quarter. Uh, Matt Cannon in the press conference said that you have to start faster. You can't have every game. You can't wait a quarter to get going. So they're going to work on that. I actually believe that he's going to work on that and it's going to happen. Now, it hasn't been brought up much because you said some people gave up on the team. But please do remember that was Matt Canada's third game as a head coach and third game of coaching on the sidelines. 
You've done a lot of lacrosse work. You've been on the field. You've been in the press box. You've been here. You've been there. It's a totally different perspective when you're up in the press box, isn't it? Yeah, I remember one game, and I was shooting um, to film my freshman year, and generally I'm on the sideline, you know, with my team, and I got up there, and it's just a whole, it's a whole different view, even from a thing like lacrosse, where not every play is a play, not every play is set up perfectly. Um, so for Coach Canada, it's it's got to be hard, especially when things don't go right. You know, those first 15 plays or 20 plays or whatever they have lined up. And this year it's really been like two or three till they score or end up punting. Um, if those don't work, it has to just throw them off in a just kind of weird way. Like, oh, that's what I had set up and it didn't work and now I have to adjust and I don't really see the game the right way from here. Or, you know, he, he explains it himself how he kind of, you know, he worries about everything. And I feel like that had a a really negative effect when those first couple of things didn't really go right. All right. And this is a, a, our last covering for Coach Canada part here. It is a different game when you're sitting there with a desk and a headset on. You have all your papers spread out. you got your markers out. You're checking off against the coverages you expect to see against your play sheet. That is to stand on the sideline and do that. He will get better at this. Or, or DJ Durkin comes back on Saturday, and, and Canada's back in the booth. Who knows what's going to happen? That's what makes it so much fun, covering Maryland. You never but, know. But then there's another change, and Kasim doesn't have the coordinator there. He's got to pick up the phone, got to pick up the headset, whatever. Ugh. Something's, something's going to change. Let's, let's just go with that. DJ well, comes back, he goes back to the box. Canada stays, he has to adapt, and then you know the schedule doesn't get easier from here. No, well, you know, at least this year, uh, for what we know will be favored over the bye week, I think. There's been years before when you thought the bye week might beat Maryland. So we'll get Minnesota, you got a week off, and then you're at Michigan. Yeah, that's that's not going to be easy. Maybe FanDuel has um, Maryland against the bye week plus uh, 75,000. <laughs> I'll take that. I will take that. So your expectation for Saturday? I really actually have thought about this one quite a lot. And I do think Maryland will win the game, and I don't think it's going to be pretty for either team. I think Minnesota, with their freshman quarterbacks, going to have a tough time. I think the Terps' offense will continue some of their woes, but eventually maybe find a way from their special teams, is going to be my prediction this week. Maryland will win this game 24-14. to Wow. I think the Maryland offense is going to find a way to get started, and it might take Piggy to do it. Uh, Maryland had no offense. They scored 14 points last week. They've been scoring well and running well. This is the first team since, I believe, 1986 that's had three guys rush for 100 yards in a game. The running comes back. Offensive line is better. Maryland holds them off 30-17. to 17. And I have our outlier question as, as we head out here. If Davis doesn't play and Funk is out for six weeks, is there a shot that you're going to redshirt Funk and Davis Man, that's rough. Uh, Jake Funk, definitely, sophomore, it, it can be done. Injuries can definitely hold up a lot when it comes to something like that, but it kind of depends on Matt Canada, what he sees, you know. The way they bring in running backs these days, you might not want him to have that year off. Davis, it's a lot harder for me to see that. Junior, he's only got one year left if he does ever, you know, fully recover this season. But maybe he goes to special teams and the bench. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Johnny Jordan and Brendan Moore filled in seemingly fairly well. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's not Davis that's really affected this offensive line. It's not Derwin Gray that's really affected this offensive line. It's that third guy. It's Damian Prince, you know, the guy that holds down that line on the right side. It's not going to be easy if he's still out. And did we even ever get an update on what actually happened to him? Look, we got two guys who've had a lot. I think Damian Prince had two surgeries over the offseason. He was a little beat up. But a little beat up and Big Ten play, you got to get out there. I know that might be a little cruel and that a little pushy on the coaching side. If you're a little beat up, I think they had the idea that all eight of their offensive linemen were game ready. That was the first time those five guys played together. It, uh, it was the first time that some of them even played. Yes, Tyron Hunt. McKinney, yeah. Tyron Hunt. Um, other way in that that I just thought of is, you know, they came back to raise their draft stock. Derwin Gray, Damian, I forget who we were talking back that told us about this. Yes, they were. They and did. and now they're not even playing. I mean, you got to think about that from their perspective. They got to be ready to get back on that field because what they came here for, they both could have been selected in the NFL draft. Yes, they both decided to come back. And so, it hasn't gone so well, but it's the Big Ten. You go out and you win in the Big Ten, you win six games. This will be a miracle, great season. You win eight games. They put a statue of you in front of the stadium. Uh, it's going to be a tough row as we face Minnesota, but I think the Terps get it done. They'll go to the bye, three and one. Mason? Yeah, you got Maryland 30-17. to 17. I got the Terps 24-14. to 14. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates of Rockville. They built TerpTalk.com, and now they are building the Watercrafters e-commerce site. Wayne, tell us about e-commerce. You know, if you need e-commerce, if you want to compete in the modern world of business, Viner Four Gates is a fantastic place to go. Easily aligning your in-store inventories over multiple locations and your e-commerce site. Seamlessly giving your customers and your staff one view of the inventory. You'll know if you have it in stock or not. Really great systems from NCR. And for anybody who's watched the videos, Meyer Consulting Engineers of Rockville. We're in a rebuild of their website as well. Let us help you make your web presence game ready. Call Viner Four Gates at 301-251-2900. That's 301-251-2900. Or you can visit oneviner.com. It's the numeral one, V-I-E-N-E-R.com. Yeah, we would also like to thank Watercrafters in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Visit their retail showroom for everything pool. And as the season ends this year, they're going to have a great sale. They have a great sale, and anybody who doesn't want to close their own pool, call them today. Get on their schedule to come out and winterize your pool, get you the right cover, and make sure you have no problems over this allegedly to-be-snowy winter. Yeah, also Allied Party Rentals. They're the hometown Terrapin Party Rental resource. They should be yours, too. Everything from dance floors to tents, they got it all located in Beltsville. Just really just a great place a great place they will take care of you if they have to stay up all night to do it they'll get your events set up uh, they're in beltsville but they cover the whole dmv all the way to baltimore uh, donnie was down in south carolina helping out with the flood relief in south and north carolina and they provide tents even in those areas so 
Great place to go if you're having a party. And that's going to do it for the 55th episode of the Terp Talk Young Terps podcast. Uh, Jordan will be back. Yeah, Jordan's going to be back on Sunday to join us after the Terps in yeah. Minnesota. What do you think of him having a radio gig in Fargo on KREF? Yeah, it's Jordan, of course, taking his talents to the next level out in Fargo. We wish him well in all of that. He is actually might be on even right now as we're recording this. He might be. And uh, football side, rumor, rumor, rumor. It could be that college game day might go to Fargo for the North Dakota State-South Dakota State shootout next week. It's also Ohio State-Penn State next week, so it'll be a battle to see who gets game day. Yeah, they always like to get out to those FCS schools, but Maryland, Minnesota, big game for the Terps on Saturday, 12 o'clock, BTN, and at Maryland Stadium. We'll be out there. We'll be with you after the game. As always, you can check out all of our content on TerpTalk.com. We'll see you back here on the podcast on Sunday, and as always, thanks for listening.